For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. First email comes from Kelly saying, hello, I was watching Silver Bullet tonight and it got me thinking. Well, I like Silver Bullet. I don't think I've ever seen a scary werewolf movie. The makeup always throws me off or the werewolf story always feels like a Scooby-Doo episode. Please enlighten me. There's got to be a werewolf movie out there that's decent. That's a fair comment, Kelly. I'm not a werewolf guy for... I guess I never put it in those terms before, but I think I, I think I really understand that comment. There's something as much as, listen, if I saw a werewolf in real life, yeah, I would totally ruin my pants, (laughs) but there's something about seeing it in movies that it's just never hit really well for me. Um, that said the two, I can think of two exceptions for me. It was American werewolf in London. Mm -hmm. And was it Good Manners? Good Manners is so magical. But Good Manners was different, was good for a different reason. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't necessarily good because it's a werewolf movie, which I guess spoilers, but not really spoilers. (laughs) Um, Those are the two I could think of off the top of my head. Uh, What do you think, Zena? You watch a lot of werewolf stuff. I do. Um, so I I agree. It is hard to find one that's scary, you know. Um, so ones that scare me. So uh, two came to mind. The first one, Bad Moon. I think that that one is still creepy. I love the way the werewolves look in that one. Is that the one with the brother who lives out in the woods? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was a good one, too. Yeah. I like that. And then the other one, um, Late Phases from 2014. That one's awesome. Oh. Creeped me out. Never saw that one. I like late phases. Yeah, I I guess if you're looking at it from a werewolf design perspective, like that one's a very odd one, but I like the the movie overall is pretty good. Um The Howling, I'm kind of surprised that one didn't get dropped because uh while I'm team American Werewolf in London, there's a lot of creepy werewolf stuff in The Howling, particularly with the serial killer that stalks Dee Wallace's character, like Eddie Quist, and he's got the whole bladder effects bubbling as he's just staring her down while he (laughs) transforms. Like, that stuff's kind of creepy. Dog Soldiers is also a really good one that that, uh, I love. Dog Soldiers is good. I feel like I've been seeing so many comments about Dog Soldiers lately. Uh, I think there's even a documentary coming out about it. uh, I don't know if there's a documentary. I know there's like a making of, like, or behind the scenes making of book. Second Sight Films has a special release coming out. Mm. So that could be one. Um, And then there was one more. Um, As far as like, 
I don't necessarily love this movie, um, but as far as a new take on werewolves, I thought that The Cursed did a really good job with giving a different spin. So, like, if the normal kind of bipedal or just CGI wolf doesn't work, then The Cursed does a little bit of... uh, It almost reminds me of The Thing with some of the werewolf stuff that they do in that one. So that could be an option. But, yeah. So there. Lots of options. And guess who's back? Hey, it's Max again. And I just want to say, first of all, calling me a super fan just absolutely warmed my heart. So thank you for that. Second, if you're a physical media nerd like me, you've got to have some of your favorite, I think Megan called them boutique labels or distribution labels like Vinegar Syndrome, Saffron Films, or Well Go USA. What are some of your favorites and what are some of the movies that you, the uh, movies that you'd like to see done in these deluxe treatments that haven't been done yet? Thanks. Thanks, Max. Always good to hear from you. And you know what? I like bestowing super fan titles. Uh, you, Stefan, definitely counts as a super fan. Like, we've got multiple callers, like Margie. Like, I love hearing from you guys over and over again. That sounded reductive when I said over and over again, didn't it? Like I was talking to my kids or something. But no, I like hearing from our listeners. I'm going to stop digging this hole for myself uh, because I don't know what to say. I literally own one Vinegar Syndrome DVD that I've talked about. So I'm going to hand it over to Mrs. Vinegar Syndrome, Megan. Oh, well, I thank you, I think, maybe. <laughs> uh, there's a lot. Okay, so besides Vinegar Syndrome, I feel like... Second Sight Films, which was just mentioned because they are doing a um, Dog Soldiers special release. They do a lot of really good releases. Obviously, Mm -hmm. Zena knows because she wrote an essay on their special release of The Guest. But Mm -hmm. if you are the type that wants more bang for your buck because a lot of the boutique labels are super pricey, I feel like you get that with Second Sight Films. And they are a UK label, but... Like I've said before, if you're doing 4K, there's no region involved. So you buy a 4K release, you get all the goodies that comes with it, and they go hard for their releases. Um, I think we all know Scream Factory for some of your more common horror movies. Uh, Severn and Synapse. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like John might be into Cauldron because they do a lot of the really deep cut kind of... um, found footage stuff like 1974 I finally got to watch through them um and not a label per se but if you really want an entry point I recommend Diabolique it's uh with a k instead of a q-u-e um but Diabolique is really kind of a distributor hub so you can go there and find all sorts of labels and they're super nice super fast shipping they kind of have everything that you can want if you're looking for basically if it's out there they'll have it yeah. Wow. Anything to add to that, Zena? No. I was actually going to say um, Second Sight Films, and then I was going to say um, Diabolique. But also, I mean, I guess they're kind of the same thing, Blue Underground, because sometimes they'll um, they go to, like, different distributors and stuff like that. Because I spoke to you guys about this last year, I think, with my copy of Two Evil Eyes. This yeah. is so beautiful. Ah, oh, my God. But, yeah, no, um, Megan mentioned it all. Sorry. So I did the right thing okay. by handing it over to Megan. <laughs> she is Mrs. Vinegar Syndrome. She is Mrs. Vinegar Syndrome. It's her middle name. <laughs> it's a really long name. <laughs> Megan Mrs. Vinegar Syndrome Navarro. Yeah, 
Got it. Her license is like twice as long as everyone else's. Doesn't fit in a wallet. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you need a magnifying glass to read it. Speaking of ridiculous, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all of the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hello. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday, first and foremost, welcome back. We've been gone. We're a little rusty. I'm a little rusty. I'm not going to say that Megan and Zena are. They're always spot on. I Aww. am the squeaky wheel here. You've got a case of the Mondays. You've, you've yeah, had a long and I nap. Totally, totally forgot what I was talking about. Something about uh, <laughs> horror weeks and all the best kinds of horror. Yeah. And if not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe the things that make you smile too. Maybe. So, Zena, what's been filling your heart this week? <laughs> That was great. Okay. Um, no, I, I feel completely um, squeaky, like a squeaky wheel as well, because uh, this past week it was like a blur and I have no idea what I watched. So I kind of was scrambling within the last hours. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> now you know my secret. Okay. So um, <laughs> I decided to kind of have like a rewatch because I haven't watched this movie in years and it's called Almost Dead from 1994. On YouTube, I try to buy like a copy. They have like, they don't have it on Blu-ray, but a DVD copy, but it's like $45. Like what? Okay. Anyway, so basically this is about a woman who is a professor and she specializes in research about twins. Um, And now she's just being haunted by her dead mother's ghost everywhere. Like this girl cannot have lunch in peace. Like, come on. So this is a made for TV movie. It's like a lifetime movie. But let me tell you, this movie haunted my childhood and I... Couldn't think of the name of it until I was browsing on YouTube and boom, popped up. So um, this is not a perfect movie. So I'm just going to say that, you know, rewatching it now because we we all this happened to us before we watch a movie that scared us as a kid. Then we go back and it's just like, ha, huh, you know, but yeah. it just gave me. <laughs> yeah, it gave me all the feels, but I can totally see why it did creep me out because um, it did bring me back. So the main character is Catherine and is played by um, Shannon Dorothy from 90210. And she was in a lot of movies and like made for TV movies, thriller type of movies in the 90s and early 2000s. And um, she never had a great relationship with her mother. So her mother dies and she's kind of relieved. You know, she goes to the funeral, pays her respects. Next thing you know, she's seeing her dead mother everywhere. And I don't mean like, oh, she's like far away. It's like she looks like she's real. She's wearing the clothes that she was buried in. She's clearly decaying. She leaves behind a smell and some stuff from her body. Like it's gross. Um, But yeah, uh, people I know. But and people, you know, she tries to tell people what's going on. People say that she's oh, you're just mourning or I mean, someone even just flat out just called her crazy. And at first, you know, as as a viewer, you do think like, okay, there's something wrong with her or whatever the case may be um, until she goes to her mother's grave. You know, someone encourages her to go. So she'll see that her mother is still in her grave. But the grave is dug up and the coffin is like broken, like someone broke out of it. Like, oh, my God. So it is like a. Yeah, it, it is like a, a mystery, you know, horror thing going on. And um, again, I have no idea why I watched this movie as a kid. I think I was like seven and it did scare oh, the crap out of me. <laughs> and because of this movie, I can say this. Um, I do have a thing um, about mausoleums. I don't really like mausoleums. So it's this movie that I mean, gave me that. Fantasy- have you been to a mausoleum, though? I have. Oh, you have? Okay. I, I have. And I'm not a fan. 
my sole experience is watching them on horror movies. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, based on that alone, I can see it, but I've, yeah. I've never been. So yeah, sadly, <laughs> yeah. I, I visited them and... in like Louisiana, but I don't know. They're... I don't know. I'm talking it was about in the daylight too. But have you been in one of those big indoor ones? Is what I'm talking about. Like they. I oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have these big extravagant ones in movies that I've never been to. Like, I've been to Louisiana or New Orleans cemeteries where you just kind of, yeah, but that's not yeah. really the same that's, thing. Yeah, that's fine. But it's just there's something about those enclosed ones, you know. And then, of course, obviously, Phantasm, same thing yeah. in One Dark Night. Like, yeah, forget it. Yeah, big time. So, but yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I know when you probably hear Lifetime movie made for TV, but honestly, I was like surprised by it. Like, the acting is is a little bit cheesy, but the storyline and there is a twist and the twist, I did not see it coming, truth be told. And um, if you do like, you know, made for TV movies, I guess um, the best way I can describe it, it's like it follows, but for the Lifetime channel. So we'll, <laughs> we'll have it be that way. Yeah. If that's not a hook for you, nothing will be. I hope so. Uh, then the next thing I checked out um, earlier this week, well, last week, gosh, who am I? Um, I watched The Cellar uh, from 2022 on Shudder. Uh, Kara Wood's daughter mysteriously vanishes in the cellar of their new house, and she soon discovers there's an ancient and powerful entity controlling their home that she'll have to face or risk losing her family's souls forever. Like, can you imagine buying a house and then it's literally on top of the portal to hell? Like, whoa, that's crazy. I mean, so, um, <laughs> it happens. It happens, clearly. The Sentinel. She was minding her own business. But no, surprisingly, I really like this movie. There was just really something about it that I felt really drawn to. I watched it to actually, I put it on so I can go to sleep. And um, I just found myself up and I was really hooked. So obviously when it comes to haunted house movies, clearly they'll never go out of style. And even though the title suggests like, oh, the cellar, it's it's just the cellar. No, okay. There's a lot of stuff that happens throughout the house. And I guess the thing that, you know, really like made me go, whoa, this is great. Um, I like the fact that it didn't really rely on like jump scares. And I'm not going to lie. Like I, I do love my jump scares in horror movies, but I love the fact that this one did not rely on that. And it did not rely on like crazy CGI. So um, I will admit though, I was really surprised too. Cause I was like, wow, I want, I bet everybody else loved this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I checked the reviews and people did it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but I don't know. I just thought it was, I thought it was fun. I thought it was intense. It was creepy. I felt like it was, it had like an unpredictable feel because I thought it was going to go a certain way. And then I felt like it had like kind of like an old school type of vibe to it. And then it really did rely, like rely on the atmosphere. And then also we don't, not saying we don't have any, but we don't have like a lot of like Irish horror movies. So it's nice that look at this. We have another Irish horror movie Add it to the list. So, but yeah, if you like occult and gothic horror movies like me, you may enjoy this one. Wonderful. Yeah. I I watched homework, kind of. Um, <laughs> basically, I went to Austin uh, to visit my friends and our bloody disgusting podcast network sister uh podcast host uh from horror queers trace thurman Aww. he organized this extremely intricate tour to all of these filming locations from the texas chainsaw massacre franchise and a couple from wow. death proof so i watched death proof to prepare uh i have it on dvd um but it's also available on tubi 
I think that whoever wrote the IMDb of synopsis for this movie is silly because it's <laughs> basically something to the effect of, you know, a stuntman stalks voluptuous women. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> but anyways, yeah, well, Kurt Russell I'm... is stuntman Mike. He's a scarred stuntman who stalks women and uses his special stunt, you know, death-proof car to murder them. And he gets in over his head when he targets a tough group of friends that uh, includes a stunt woman played by real-life stunt woman Zoe Bell. So I love this movie. I've seen it many times. I watched this because uh, two of the stops, like, they're really close together too, but this, the early part where it's showing what he does, what he's capable of by stalking like jungle Julia and butterfly and that group of friends, like he follows them from Guero's taco bar to the Texas chili parlor. And then eventually he kills them. And then, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I visited those two spots and then I watched the 2003 remake uh the texas chainsaw massacre which is on netflix and that's after picking up a traumatized hitch young hitchhiker five friends find themselves stalked and hunted by crazy chainsaw wielding loon and his family of psychopathic killers um so there were 11 stops on this tour it was oh, a thir God. 13 hour tour that started with the original Texas Chainsaw House from the 1974 movie, which is all the way out in Kingsland, and it is now, or Kingsland, Texas, and it is now a functional cafe. So you can dine in this place. And there's pictures on Twitter, uh, especially if you follow Trace Thurman. Um, he went like just look at his itinerary, detailed drive so times. Mile. It is insane. Like I ha I should post a picture of my packet it's like a stapled photographed packet <gasps> with packet like information you? on every stops yeah it's, it was adorable that's awesome. so he should really start up a tour group but anyway it started there and a lot of the stops did include there was like the tcm2 bridge there was a cut right chainsaw which is now a bar there was the hewitt house from the 2003 remake that we visited um there was the sealy store which was the gas station slash barbecue place in in the 2003 mm -hmm. movie which actually is a functioning barbecue place they just closed at two and we, we arrived too late so i didn't get to eat that um there was uh the actual house that's you know it's private property and people actually live there but that house we visited that house did i say that already there were so many stops so many stops um the gas station from the original 1974 movie which surprisingly like i thought it would be this kitschy thing because it is a place now that is like you walk in i mean it looks like right out of the movie but you walk in and it's like a horror souvenir store and then mm. out back they have like a projector where they can watch outdoor movies they've got the van from the original movie they've got some cabins that you could stay there and they wow. also have barbecue and i thought because it was almost touristy that the barbecue would be like the least but the barbecue was really good it was really mm. good uh so you know maybe it was long pig maybe it was cow i don't know but it was tasty um <laughs> but yeah so the movies were kind of like secondary just to like poke out all over the places that i visited so yeah that's what i did i can't that's compete awesome. with that at all nobody's hey. asking you to compete with yeah that. i mean just erase what i said <laughs> no i i mostly stayed at home because it was rainy this week oh. i i watched some moon night <laughs> 
<laughs> you did stuff. I watched the Batman, which but I don't think counts as horror. Otherwise, I, it kind of does. I would argue yeah. that. I mean, he he modeled the car after Christine. He there's oh, really? a heavy yeah there's a heavy horror influence on that. That opening scene is a horror movie. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I'll just backtrack really hard because I forgot that I watched it, <laughs> um, and I just remembered now that I watched it. I I mean, I really liked it. If that if that counts for anything, three That's hours good. is a long time to watch any movie. Oh, is it? it? Is. It's three it's hours. Three, it's yeah. three hours. But I loved it. I, I loved it. I thought <laughs> I will diverge on that here, but I thought it was to me it felt like the truest version of a Batman movie. Yeah. Because Batman, despite what all the movies suggest, is supposed to be the world's greatest detective. And like that's like a joke within the movie, like that he gets the wrong answer. Like, oh, the world's greatest detective's over here. <laughs> and like Colin Farrell as the penguin. Yeah. Never would have guessed. Yeah. Never would have guessed. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I thought it, I really liked it. I thought I thought it was really good. It's just, you know, about the two hour mark, I was like, <sighs> Yeah. I don't think it could have been shorter. I think it needed to be three hours. It's yeah. just a long time to watch a movie. Yeah, I agree. Especially when I, you're I trying to watch it like nine in the morning with a little glare on your TV because you're oh, not going to no. see anything in this movie <laughs> if there's any glare. In it, it's very David Fincher-esque. It's, it's, yeah. it's kind of oh, great. Totally. Horror. Yeah, that's why that's like a... all of these things, I would argue that it's very horror adjacent. There is overlap. Yeah. There is. I just wasn't prepared to talk about it. So. And I said, I... let's go for it, John. Live your life. <laughs> and Megan smacked me with some truth. Uh, instead, I came prepared to talk about 1981's The Fun House, which I watched on Shudder. Four teenagers visit a local carnival for a night of innocent amusement. They soon discover, however, that there's nothing innocent or amusing there at all. That's not a good synopsis for this movie. Yeah. IMDb really it's just a coin flip with what you get it right? really it is what, it's 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 like Wikipedia. user submitted yeah is what it is uh I I don't remember the last time I watched this and I forgot how long it took to get to the horror aspect of it it's an hour in there's only a half hour left by the time stuff happens uh but I it's kind of a classic in its own right. What was it? It was only Toby Hooper's like third movie or something or third budget, big budget movie. He had Texas Chainsaw. Eaten Alive. What did he have? And then I think it was this. Yeah, I think I think so. No, Salem's Lot. He did Salem's Lot. Oh, but as far as movies, that was the miniseries, right? Yeah, but it's a long one. So I feel like I it's, suppose. It's, it counts. Which Salem's Lot, I think, is also on Shutter. I started watching it, but it was another thing where it's like, oh, crap, this is super long. Yeah. <laughs> I can't commit right now. Uh, it's good, though. It, it's funny, too, because it's it's not what I remember necessarily. I think I just, I remember the, the parts you remember from it. And I think I thought it happened earlier, and everything that happens in the fun house is a lot longer, and it's just not. It happens in a very compact way i forgot like the side plot with the little brother existed because that, that plot really... is so weird like it's how nothing. it opens how it oh oh yeah how it opens like what is wrong with this little boy yeah those parents need to have a talk with him yeah that he thinks that was okay and then they the spoilers if you haven't seen it <laughs> not really but they find him <laughs> and then they don't really care they're just like yeah we'll take him to bed and the carney is more concerned about this kid than they are it's like what 
I, I feel like you were saying something with this, but I, I'm not sure what. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I don't know. It's the fun house. It's 81 campy Toby Hooper type movie. I, I like don't it. Forget, I don't know. Don't forget Madam Zena. Madam and, well, Zena, yeah, Madam yeah. Zena kind of being the crux of it all. <laughs> what a crazy. Yeah. I mean, a hundred, a hundred bucks. Come on. Really? <laughs> I guess he's not really a Hagler. No, but uh, but he should. But the fact is, that I could have got one of the other girls fifteen bucks. Talk to me first. <laughs> anyway, if you haven't seen Funhouse, go watch it so you can understand what I was just talking about. <laughs> uh, again, on Shutter, and then also on Shutter, I've started watching the Cursed Films season two. Uh, I don't need any voice behind it. It's just it's a documentary series on the legends of the supposed cursed films. Uh, the first two I've watched the first two so far, which was The Wizard of Oz. And um, the Omen, Rosemary's no, Baby. Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, Rosemary's Baby. And it occurred to me, I haven't seen Rosemary's Baby. I was confusing it with something else. Oh wow! So I was you... watching it like, what the hell is this? So you never seen it? I hadn't. No. Oh man. Uh, so while I was watching, I did a quick uh, uh, Wikipedia synopsis, Homework. and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> now I have to go watch Rosemary's it's Baby. It's good. Yeah. I think for some reason, Rose, I confused Rosemary's Baby with the Omen. I don't know why. I think it's the son of the devil concept yeah. or whatever that in my head, for whatever reason, I just have crossed wires. Like he is Rosemary's baby. Damien is Rosemary's baby sort of thing. I don't know. Uh, something I, I was talking about this with someone else. I really appreciate that this series isn't just digging its heels in where it's like, these movies are cursed as much as. Okay, here's some stuff that happened in connection, and it's kind of coincidence. It kind of just is. Like, Rosemary's Baby is all about these tangential things. It's not necessarily what happened during production. It's just what happened to people involved in the filming, like Sharon Tate and mm-hmm. everything that was going on with the Mansons. Um, so that was kind of like, okay, it was a little bit more of a stretch. I actually really like The Wizard of Oz. One, because they had um, Adam uh, uh, from Mythbusters. Um, yeah. Whatever his name, Adam, whatever. Uh, but he's great because it's another, they started out this season with the example of just because bad things happen to things that we love or have affection for, and there's more than one, people like to call it a curse. It's like, unfortunately, it's just these really unfortunate things that happened as opposed, and we're trying to like put, Stuff like the 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 suicidal munchkin that's supposed like the number of people and the fact that it only existed in like I thought it was funny how it only exists in like one cut of a specific VHS release, etc. And then it was like replaced with a bird. But they show this little blob in the background of a VHS print, and they're like, That that's a hanging munchkin. You can see totally swinging back and forth, like what? Wow. <laughs> How someone's mind immediately went to that was a little person who hanged themselves, and that's clearly their shadow in the background. It, what is, it's almost like the precursor to like urban legends and creepypastas, like a cinematic totally. version. Because I remember in high school hearing that and looking for this, and the ghost that was in uh, of the little boy. Three men and it, a baby. Yeah, but that's. Yeah. It's. I literally found a cardboard a, cutout of Ted Danson yeah. in the window. These are just myths that yeah. man, and that's kind of the point of cursed films of how these things take on a life of their own, despite and not think, really being accurate. 
Well, and that's the pre-internet stuff, right? Right. I mean, not that people don't come up with a bunch of BS on the internet, but it was that time where it literally was just word of mouth. You couldn't look it up. You couldn't even find a lot of this stuff, especially if it was a very specific print of a movie, et cetera. It just became a myth. And with no one there to refute it, it's just like what it was. I always wonder how stuff like that really builds, though, because there's a first person. I think about this sometimes, and maybe this is just how ridiculous my brain works. You know, like the saying, if if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge, too? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, there was a first person who said that, right? Mm-hmm. But but nobody knows who. And yet, for some reason, like, all parents adopted that saying. Like, was it in a movie and it became popular? Did just one random person say it and another person said, that's a great idea, I'm going to start using that example? Like, it's like, this stuff snowballs and it kind of comes from essentially nowhere. It gets lost. There was a first person who said that was a hanging munchkin. Nobody knows who. Like, it's just gone. That's like it's, yeah, it's it's all crazy to me how that stuff just it perpetuates itself. And there will be people you will never convince otherwise that like even if you even if you refute it, they'll be like, no, nope, no, nope, they're covering up the truth. Uh, you know, the 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 Disney conglomerate or whoever owns Wizard of Oz, like, nope, not going to happen. Judy Garland's estate. Nope, not going to let that happen. So. It's crazy. But I, I do like cursed films because I do like hearing because some of the stuff I never even heard of before. I was Same. like, like the the makeup. I didn't know Buddy Ebsen, who famously played um, Jed Clampett in the Beverly Hillbillies, was supposed to be the Tin Man. But he got like really sick because of like the lead paint makeup. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then there was another rumor that the guy who replaced him ended up getting cancer because of it because there was all these lead particles in the air. And Whoa. And there's a scene with the Wicked Witch where she disappears, where there's actually, like, the fireball. That was insane. Yeah, that was crazy. It went off too soon. So the lady was basically falling through a trapdoor to disappear through a fireball and got, like, second-degree burns from it. It was crazy. Anyway, it's a fascinating series. I like watching that stuff. Um, Like I said, I don't believe in that stuff, but I like hearing kind of those connections that I never knew. It's a little piece of history. Okay, enough of my rambling. What do we watch and how do we watch it? So I checked out Almost Dead on YouTube and The Cellar on Shudder. I watched Death Proof on DVD, but it is available on Tubi and the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is on Netflix. So I could embark on the most detailed tour <laughs> of my life, courtesy of Trace Thurman. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to, I might be in Texas in August. I might need just to get a, get that like roadmap from you guys just to see. Uh, I watched 1981's The Fun House and I've watched season two of Cursed Films, both of which are on Shudder. And as prep for next week, I think I might start needing homework. (gasps) Okay. We will open the floodgates. Because now that my schedule is more open, I'm not necessarily sitting at my desk as much as I was, and I need something to tether me to be like, no, I need to do work now. And by work, I mean watch a movie assigned (laughs) to me by Megan and Zena. And probably Uh, patrons. And probably patrons. Yeah, have at it, patrons. Just tell me what to watch. Um, (laughs) I have a reader I have to watch for next week that I'm excited to uh, finish watching. Awesome. Uh, But yeah, starting next week, have them ready. Here we go. Woo-woo. I'm nervous as hell. Uh, (laughs) 
Okay, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's ever Megan brings up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horrors. What's going on, Megan? Uh, David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future gets a trailer <laughs> and release date. Um, this was announced as a can competition official selection. David Cronenberg, the uh, body horror master behind Scanners, Videodrome, The Dead Zone, The Fly, History of Violence... I can go on. Eastern Promises. Yeah, so many. Um, is back with a new sci-fi horror project titled Crimes of the Future. Crimes of the Future will arrive exclusively in theaters on June 3rd in New York and in L.A. Uh, before expanding wide on June 10th. And the teaser uh, gave a first look at stars Leah Sado, Vigo Mortensen, and Kristen Stewart. Of course, it also kind of teased some of the body horror from Cronenberg that we love so much and have not seen in a long time. Uh, the film's plot reads, as the human species adapts to a synthetic environment, the body un undergoes new transformations and mutations. With his partner Caprice, played by Leah Sado, Saul Tenser, which is Mortensen, a celebrity performance, uh, celebrity performance artist, he publicly showcases the metamorphosis of his organs in an avant-garde performance. What, that's like... Sorry, I'm wrapping my head around what that would be like for a celebrity performance artist to use body transformations for performances. Like, sounds wild, right? I must that's like you know? That's like another level of oddly commercialized performance art. Yeah, but like in a body horror Cronenberg sort of way where I'm like, oh my God, just inject it into my veins, please. Uh, I mean, if, ready if to anyone needs performance artists in their work, it might as well be Cronenberg. Right? Um, so Kristen Stewart plays Tim Lin, an investigator from the National Oregon Registry, obsessively tracking their movements, and which, uh, which is when a mysterious group is revealed. Their mission to use Saul's notoriety to shed light on the next phase of human and evolution so not only does this plot sound bonkers but i just love that uh i don't know if you've seen the trailer or that because there's like a teaser have, that's yeah. u.s and then there's like a french teaser which gives a little bit more uh, i don't think i saw that yeah then the poster which is crazy looking but we haven't seen a cronenberg kind of body horror since existence which was 1999 mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm I was surprised by the trailer. It felt very Cronenberg. Yeah, which you know, it makes sense, but he But like almost like Videodrome Cronenberg. Like there was I, I don't I can't think of another example of existence. It felt very existence to me. Yeah. I mean more like the the amount of time that's elapsed and then to see a trailer and be like, "Oh yeah, that's Cronenberg." Yeah. Like that there's just there's there's something about that visual that just totally makes sense immediately. Cuz I like uh I mean I haven't revisited since they were brand new but like I like a history of violence in eastern provinces but those are very different movies. Yeah. They're not he's he long departed. So I just think it's super cool that we get to see a Cronenberg movie on the big screen after so many years of him departing away from, you know, genre fare. Um, yeah, at least directorially. And he gave yeah, was... me um, Dead Ringers vibes. There's this one image where mm. this person kind of has these little antler things and then their eyes are sewn and mouth yeah. is sewn. Yeah. I don't... yeah. That must be the performance artist. Woo. Maybe so. We'll find out soon because, yeah. Uh... Yeah, it kind of reminded me of like uh, Stephen King. It's like Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile, where all of a sudden it's like, wait, this is Stephen King? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, okay. Now, now, let's now go we're back, back to... in the territory we remember. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, 
Uh, to completely switch gears, uh, Anouk Wassell, Johan Carl Wassell, and Francois Samard, the team behind Turbo Kid and Summer of 18, uh, Summer of 18, I'm just going to make up a, a letter, a Summer of Night, <laughs> God dang it, words, they're hard, Summer of 84, like that wasn't that complicated, but I'm going to make it complicated, uh, they're back with a brand new horror comedy called We Are Zombies. We Are Zombies is an adaptation of uh, Jerry Frisson and Guy Davis's comic book series, The Zombies That Ate the World, and it has begun production in Canada. It's disgusting, fun, and politically right on target. Toby Hooper once said of the comic book series, George A. Romero also raved about the project, calling it a terrific series. The high-concept movie is set in a city breeding non-cannibal zombies who are considered living impaired. The offbeat comedic plot follows three slackers looking to earn some easy money who must fight an evil megacorporation to save their kidnapped grandmother. It sounds very Turbo Kid. Like, I can see that. Uh, But I do love that, you know, the quotes thrown in from, you know, Romero and Hooper kind of hints at just how old the the comic book is. Um, Or maybe not that old. But, yeah, either way, I'm into it. And then uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is heading to theaters on August 5th, 2022. And A24... Followed up Monday's poster reveal with a brand new trailer on Tuesday. The trailer gives you a look at just how insane A24's latest horror movie will get, both in biting humor and bloody vengeance or violence, as it transforms a seemingly benign party game into something far deadlier when a friend group implodes. And if you don't know, uh, A24's Latest is rated R for violence, bloody images, drug use, sexual references, and pervasive language, which means, you know, it's kind of an A24 horror movie. Um, The horror comedy's plot is when a group of rich 20-somethings plan a hurricane party at a remote family mansion, a party game turns deadly in this fresh and funny look at backstabbing, fake friends, and one party gone very, very wrong. It is not really a slasher, because we've talked about it before, but it is... um, like a, a whodunit, and uh, it is kind of poking fun at these very affluent, rich, snobby kids that John is just going to hate. <laughs> I'm going to hate them. So, I hate them already. I <laughs> haven't even seen the trailer. That's also why it's funny. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, I can find certain catharsis at the end, but getting to the end is tough. Yeah, maybe, but I, I mean, it's poking dying. fun at, at the yeah. So how miserable their lives really are or how fake they are, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I liked it. Trailers available on Tuesday. Check it out. Like by the time this episode goes live, basically it's available. All right, listeners, your turn. Our performance artists and David Cronenberg, the new chocolate and peanut butter. Should non cannibal zombie have been my nickname in college? Let's hear about it. You (laughs) can call us or text us at two, two, four, four, seven. I'm a long way out of college and I'm not going back. I just paid off my student loans. I don't want more. <laughs> I just meant it's never too late to be, you know, a non cannibal zombie. zombie. I'm getting there. I didn't do a whole lot last week. There you go. Uh, you can call our Texas at 224-475-1040. The number's in the show notes too, or feel free to email us be disgusting podcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zena's gonna make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clues in what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So Zena, what should we be watching? Whoa, guys, it is a very light week. 
Ooh. Yeah. Uh -oh. Very light week, uh, which is fine. But you know, here we are. We're talking about it. So, um, first things first, uh, we have Bloody Disgusting TV available as well as Screenbox. Do not forget that. It's available for you all. Do not. Do not. So coming up Friday, the 29th, you know, I want us to get it cracking, get it with hatching. <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> Never mind. All right. Um, Scramble so an omelet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So hatching will be available in theaters and on VOD. A young gymnast who tries desperately to please her demanding mother uh, discovers a strange egg. She hides it and keeps it warm. But when it hatches, what emerges shocks them all. I'm really looking forward to that one. It just looks really cool. It seems different from other movies. Uh, then we have The Avery. It'll be available on VOD. Two women flee into the New Mexican desert to escape the clutches of an insidious cult. Consumed by fear and paranoia, they can't shake the feeling that they are being followed by its leader, a man as seductive as he is controlling. Whoa! Well, that's a spicy description, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um... That one actually seems pretty cool. I recently just checked out the trailer for that one. And then also on Friday, we have The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Season four begins on Shudder. So um, there'll be a new episode on Shudder TV every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, beginning on Friday, the 29th. And then it will be streaming on demand every Sunday, beginning May 1st. So just in case if you can't watch it live. Then on Tuesday, the 3rd, oh my gosh, and then it'll be May. Yay! Um, so this one isn't new, but uh, I, I'm really excited that the, this movie, The Midnight Swim, it will be available on Shutter. It was released back, I think, in either 2014 or 15. No spoilers, but um, this movie is just really captivating. Um, so Spirit Lake is unusually deep. No diver has ever managed to find the bottom, though many have tried. When Dr. Amelia Brooks disappears during a deep water dive, her three daughters travel home to settle her affairs. They find themselves unable to let go of their mother and become drawn and in, drawn into the mysteries into the mysteries of the lake. So mm -hmm. that one will be available on Shutter. There's some really awesome movies coming out on Shutter in May that I'm so pumped about, and I will keep you updated. So. Do I spill the beads early or do we wait for that week for John to get excited? I mean, I tweeted about it, but he's <gasps> oh, not on yeah. Okay, Twitter. well, no, you know what? I think I think you should get, he needs to know. He needs to know! Uh, what happened? Well, I just may Is not... it the Abaddon tapes? No. No. Well, I'm sorry it's not care. nearly as exciting now. Uh, okay. Popcorn. They're adding popcorn <gasps> May 9th. Oh, it's just as good. <laughs> I'm so happy. I know. I thought you would be excited. I was excited. Oh, Even though I own it on Blu-ray. My birthday came early. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I thought there you were going to tell him about the other um, thing, the documentary that's coming. That, oh. he, that he's really going to so love. So basically, May is May John is month John's on, month. On yeah. 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 You, you I told know it's your birthday month, Megan. It <laughs> but it's also Happy John's birthday, birthday month. <laughs> John gets good stuff on Shutter. <laughs> and that's the Bloody Disgusting <laughs> podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Zena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at LovelyZena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards, check us out on Patreon.com slash BeDisgustingPod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Mrs. Vinegar Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just Zena. Oh, not just Zena. No, the you Zena. are the oh, Zena. I, I guess. Grab some popcorn, <laughs> cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. Every town has its dark history. Hometown Ghost Stories is a paranormal podcast that goes town to town all across the globe, exploring the world's most haunted places, tapping into the dusty archives and the darkest corners to bring you the most terrifying stories of real people and their harrowing experiences. Hometown Ghost Stories dives into the history of haunted locations and investigates why and how these places earned their terrifying reputation. Rob, Dave, and Jesse go live every Tuesday night after an uninterrupted documentary-style breakdown on the case, followed by an open discussion with live viewers. Subscribe today to listen to Hometown Ghost Stories on your preferred podcast platform or watch the video version on YouTube and now Spotify. Head on over to the Bloody FM Podcast Network and check out Hometown Ghost Stories, if you're brave enough. (laughs) 